Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tully, and joining me today, as always, is the one, the only, Will, a.k.a. Darth Tuba. And, Will, it looks like you're in a little, uh, slightly different spot now yes. uh, than you normally are, and that's because this is going to be kind of a special episode. Uh, yeah. We're going to be discussing really overall the music of star wars but more generally the ma the maestro himself john williams very um, good yes yeah i am very much looking forward to it. bright suns everyone and yes it is i will darth tuba and i am in my music room which is not a room that i uh, show too much in my on my channel but uh because i don't do as much with music there so uh for those who don't know i'm a musician and a music educator by trade and by profession, and I am uh, thrilled to be able to, my, my love of music and love of Star Wars happened at the same time, because I was the same age when I saw the movie Star Wars, A New Hope for the first time at six years old, and started taking violin lessons. So the journey to, through both fandom and what would be profession became uh, a very much in line with each other, and to have uh, a, an amazing uh, living legend like John Williams, be able to kind of score, as many will say he's the, anyone in their 40s and 50s will tell you that John Williams scored our childhood. Yeah. Not just Star Wars, right? Oh. But so many other movies. And yeah, I can name Indiana Jones. Uh, did he also do the Superman theme? Yes, he did. The Superman theme, Indiana Jones, uh, E.T., uh, Jurassic Park later. Mm -hmm. uh, but even beyond that, I mean, even just watching the nightly news, he did the NBC you know, uh, it's, huh. it's actually I did not know that. John Williams theme, yes. And of course, we just had our Olympics, so if anybody's, you know. Okay, 1984 Olympics. He's also written them for 1988. I think he did another one for 1996. So he's written quite a few uh, of the, the themes that we hear whenever the Olympics are yeah. on. And he has kind of a working relationship with NBC, so that's why he does a lot of yeah. stuff. But obviously, we're here to talk about his, what I like to call his um, his magnum opus, if you will. Yes. His, what I like to say is his nine symphonies. Just like a certain other composer we know named Beethoven, who wrote nine symphonies, I like to think of the nine scores to um, Star Wars and all of its saga films as his nine symphonies because a symphony is made up of movements and generally Beethoven symphonies run around an hour to an hour and a half sometimes. Well, John Williams wrote close to two hours or more of music for every single one of those movies. Mm. And it's when you think about it and a lot of people, a lot of music, um, classical music, traditionalists kind of, I, I've grown up seeing them kind of uh, dismiss John Williams a little bit. And, and well, he's just, He's just writing for movies. He's not really a, a you know anything yeah. to write home about. And I challenge that and say, you know, we know of hundreds of opera overtures and ballet music and music that was written as coronation marches and and pieces for kings or church music from hundreds of years, like Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus, that are the most famous pieces of all time. Oftentimes, were written as an accompaniment to something yeah, to support something else. And then it, the music itself transcends beyond that. And I think John Williams 
probably more than any other composer alive today, certainly any other movie composer, has really done that and keeps going back and doing it again and again. So I think that I predict that he's, his music will transcend even the popularity of the movies that they're part of Yeah, well oh, yeah. after his, his passing, which hopefully is not for a while because he's still writing music. That's so, when he, you know, I feel like he'll pass away when he's done putting out there whatever he wants to put out there. So, so I thought for today, one of the things that John Williams uh, was, is known for is this term called the leitmotif, which is uh, taken actually from kind of opera from um, from uh, uh, Wagner, where Wagner was this opera composer who put out themes associated with characters whenever they walked onto the stage. So when one character came out, he'd get a theme. Then this woman would come out, they'd get a theme. And every time they return, you'd hear the theme. That's called a leitmotif. Well, John Williams has utilized that a huge amount of times in all of the movies, but especially in oh, yeah. Star Wars films. So we have a lot of different themes that recur. And what's so cool about having, you know, this, what other um, film franchise really has one composer that has been able to score for 40 years plus mm. to tie all those themes in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you have things like the James Bond series, you have Harry Potter, you have Lord of the Rings, but none of them have gone long enough yet. And most of them have moved on, had separate composers. Whereas John Williams has really had the ability to just grab hold of this and take it with him. So, and I think I would write, what do, you, do you think, John, that like, of all the disagreements that fans have about the Star Wars movies, whether it be the, the original trilogy is great, the prequel trilogy is great, the sequel trilogy is great, or one of the others is not, Right. The arguments. It seems like most people are the least amount of division about the music of Star Wars. Oh, right? oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it. One thing that showed was when, like last week, when we watched the, um, or we we discussed our 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 thoughts on the teaser trailer for, for um, the Obi Wan Kenobi series, all of the reactions that I've watched. The biggest reaction was always the first moment that the the that first uh duel that, of uh, duel of the fates hit. Everyone was just like, "Oh, oh!" Just yeah. Didn't matter if they if they thought like their opinion on this looked good or that didn't. Everyone reacted the same way to hearing duel of the fates, and it was a very positive. This brings me back to my childhood type of reaction. That, yep. yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that in seeing Luke, but definitely hearing that duel of the fates. And, you know, I think so much memory is tied, especially with, with Star Wars fans, memory is tied to the, the music. You yeah, hear absolutely. a theme, you know, you, you hear that the, 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 the Luke's theme that, that, and you, you get the vision of at least I do of Luke standing on Tatooine looking out at the twin sons. That's yeah. the that's the picture I get, you know, of, yeah. of that. I hear the the Imperial theme and I picture Vader walking right. down. You know, the yeah. march from the temple. I hear I can hear the theme for that with with Anakin marching with the five oh first and I hear the music in mm -hmm. my head as he's marching up. So there's there's definitely certain pictures and images that come to my head. 
when I yeah. hear a theme or I hear or I see you know, I see a picture and I hear the theme in my head. There's the whole meme of like you can't hear a picture. Mm-hmm. And then you show a picture of something yeah. and I'm like, I can hear the theme. I can, I, can hear, hear, I can hear Vader walking. Absolutely. But I will tell you that um, you know, for many people at my age, you know, again, we've mentioned this in the past, but kids, kids listening or people listening that are young of a younger generation, when Star Wars A New Hope back then just called Star Wars came out, you had um basically only two ways that you could uh, appreciate the movie. And one of them is to go and keep seeing it over and over again, mm-hmm. which some people did, but some people couldn't afford that. Or maybe there wasn't a movie theater close to them. And we were kind of in that situation. Our, our, the movies would come and play for a bit and then they would move away. We'd have one theater. So then the next movie would come like a week or two later. So, we, you know, when Star Wars was popular, we would stay for a while, but still we couldn't just keep going and going, you know, we just weren't able to do that. But yeah. What a lot of us did was get the story of Star Wars album. And it was essentially like a 40 minute, you know, 20 minute each side storytelling of the movie with sound clips and dialogue right from the film, just edited down to a, with a narrator to kind of talk through it. And they utilized the music to kind of carry it all through. So for many of us young kids, that was our first experience with, with understanding and re- repeatability. We didn't have DVDs, VCRs, even, Betamax didn't exist, so you couldn't even do bootlegs. It was just, that was it. Yeah. So, for the most part. So, uh, and then, of course, I went, I remember going to a friend's house and they had an eight track tape player, which was these big cartridges. And he, they had Star Wars, but just the music. And that was my first time hearing a movie soundtrack alone. And I was like, wait a minute, this is just the music? There's no sound effects, no, no nothing, just the music? And I listened to it a little bit and went, oh, I remember that. That's the, that's the trash compactor, or that's the Jawa theme, or that's the Cantina theme, and I just fell in love with that. So mm-hmm. anyway, I do want to make a quick caveat here. Is that we're not really going to be focusing a lot today on the music of, you know, basically of what we have Michael Giacchino for Road One. I think it's John Powell, I believe, for um, Solo. I think I can't remember if it's him or another guy for Solo. Kevin Kiner, who's done a lot of the cartoon stuff, Ludwig Gordonson for Mandalorian. All wonderful, amazing composers have done a really incredible job in their own right. Mm-hmm. But they're standing, you know, at the foot of the master. Right. And, and and when you're talking about Star Wars music, you really have to focus your energies on that. So what I thought I would do today is kind of give a little sampling of uh, these light motifs that I mentioned. Okay. There have been quite a few. Mm-hmm. All right. There have been quite a few. In fact, far more than either you or I would pick out right away. Um, there are themes, and I'll talk a little bit about this as we go, but there are themes in Star Wars that, you know, John Williams used and then discarded. You know, I'll give you one example. Tip, tell me if you remember this theme. It sounds familiar, yeah. Okay. That is essentially, not that it's named this, but it was essentially a theme that you heard in the Empire Strikes Back, and when it was des- it was essentially whenever you would see the droids R two and Vipio together, you would hear a little bit of that, and it would be in different styles, a little faster, a little slower, and that was a theme that I think John Williams was utilizing in the Empire Strikes Back for the droids. He did not carry that over anywhere. Okay, so as a result, we don't think of it as a recurring theme. Right. 
which is his right, and there might have been reasons behind it. Maybe he just yeah. maybe he just wanted it to be, you know, the sense of the bickering droids that we saw in that movie alone. Whatever the reason. And I will say this. If you want to get into really into the weeds with this, not that I want to do too much plugging of other shows, but there are two podcasts I would recommend. One is Star Wars Oxygen, which is essentially a spinoff from Rebel Force Radio, which is one of the most popular Star Wars podcasts out there. It's been a few years since the Oxygen series came out with that. And then another one is called The Soundtrack Show. They're both in common in that they both, the, the main host of them was a man named David W. Collins, who is a sound designer and engineer for Lucasfilm. And he's also a composer, and he's also the voice of most of the stormtroopers that you hear in, uh, in uh, the sequel trilogy. He does a lot of voice work. So um, you, you can see a lot of him on Star Wars show and that, that kind of thing. So if you have a chance, let's check out those. And he, he breaks things down very, very much more detail than we will. So what I thought I would do today, though, is kind of give you my top 12. Okay. Okay. My top 12. Why 12? Well, because I wanted, you know, I, I had 10, but I just, I wanted to include at least something from every movie. Right. Which I think was important. Um, so, you, you know, when we go through this, you might recognize all of them instantly. And we're going to talk about why that might be the case. But also, uh, some of them you might not recognize as much. I, I think the, the, the newer something is, like into the sequel trilogy, I don't think we're going to recognize everything quite as much. Okay? And there's reasons for that as well, which we'll talk about. But, uh, and by the way, these are just 12. In terms of, I'm putting them in order, but it's just a personal opinion. And I love them all. And I love the other 500 themes that I didn't list here. This is just some notables that I would like to share. Okay. And I think you'll all agree. So I'm going to start with my, my, I don't want to say my worst of the best. I want to say my least of the best. Okay. My least of the best. And that is what I guess you could call, uh, I only say this because I watched an interview with John Williams and he defined this as obligatory. That's how he said it. It's obligatory. I have to have it in every movie. And that, of course, is the opening, the opening thing, the main thing. Because we know it's coming. There's yeah. no shock. The only shock would be if it wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will say that it's often utilized as a hero theme, right? We've right. heard it interlaced throughout the, the, the saga, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever you hear, first, you know, at some points, it's when you, know, you see Luke. Luke's firing at the stormtroopers. You get, you get, the, you get the theme there. Um, 
you know, you have a little bit of it in minor in Empire Strikes Back, you know. When he's like dying in the snow or when he's like suffering, you know, uh, or you hear it very heroically during the fight in Jabba's sail barge. And then you start hearing it with um, Anakin, or sorry, um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And even right up until now with the rise of Skywalker, when all of the, you know, with all the ships show up at Exegol, you hear it as a kind of a triumphant moment. So I love it. And it's such a great, and probably one of the most recognizable things from Star Wars. You know, but it is something that is just, it's just there and, you know, and, and I love it, but it, you know, they, they, they didn't, they didn't even have some of some, in some of the trilogies, they didn't even re-record it each time. They just used Use the original, same yeah. versions a few times. And then they only kind of re-recorded it every couple of times because it's just, it's so, you know, that iconic. Yeah. yeah. It's so iconic. Why change yeah. it? Um, yeah. So that's number, that's my number 12. My number 11, we're going to jump ahead. I have a book here that I'm looking, by the way, just for, for credit. I'm using some of it I'm doing for my head. And some of it I'm using this thing called the John Williams Piano Anthology for pianists out there. Great John Williams book. Some of it is uh, a little, um, I mean, it goes to all, a lot of other movies. Some of it, it it's very, um, I, should, I guess you could say it's orchestrally, like accurate, but that can be really hard to play. You know, some of it's a little easier. So, all right. So this is, we're going to go jump ahead to the love theme from, um, episode two. And that is across the stars. Okay. So I'll give you a little bit of this. Very that's, much so. Yeah, I mean, one sorry. thing. One, one thing I noticed, and I've noticed this in uh, some of his, is you can hear the Star Wars theme sort of laced in there. Like you can hear beats. Of, at least I did. I picked up the. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, like you know, like yeah. Well, and even. Even even uh, themes from other movies, like I hear the Superman theme, and I'm like, I can kind of hear a little bit of the Star Wars, like mm-hmm. a little bit, the a little bit of it. You know, maybe that's just a John Williams trait. Well, like, yeah, I mean, you, you can have like like he's got a certain sound. Sa- like musicians have certain sounds that they're known for. It's like yeah. you can hear a John Williams song, be like, that's John Williams. Well, I'll also say this. You know, there are only you know a little quick music lesson here. There, are, in 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 a major or minor melody, you're really only dealing with eight notes. Okay, you know, major or minor. I mean, there's variations upon it. Okay, yeah. I'm oversimplified. But the thing about that is that to have something be memorable, you have to kind of have a certain formula to make that memorable. Yeah. If it gets too crazy, 
then you start to lose it and meaning you start to lose where to where to come back to in your mind and your memory. So that makes it challenging. So to come up with it is right. He says in interviews, he said that he struggles with the simple melodies the most. He'll spend days and days. I hear one. Um, there's parts of that song that I hear actually from the movie Hook, which is not as popular of a movie, but um, like stuff, stuff like that. And it's just slowed down. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I never sometimes. And again, some, and one of the thing about John Williams is that he's, you know, a lot of people, again, some traditionalists have crit, crit, criticized him for, you know, it sounds too much like Holst or it sounds too much like Stravinsky. And it's like, well, the reason it sounds like Holst and Stravinsky, particularly episode four music, is that George Lucas put up, put in Holst and Stravinsky as a temp track and played it for John Williams and we're looking for this kind of feel. So he gave them what he asked for, you know, but he's he's uh, quite versatile in that. And, if you, uh, you know, you need nothing more than to, you know, listen to the score, watch the movie uh, Schindler's List, watch the movie Catch Me If You Can, watch the movie The Terminal, three extremely different movies, but their musical themes are so different yet so original. So anyway, but moving right along. Okay. Now I'm going to go on to my number 10 and that is we're going to jump way ahead to, um, I guess you could say this is a, um, sequel trilogy, multiple sequel trilogy, not, not just one. I think it was featured in all three and that's March of the resistance. Okay. So maybe a little bit of this. I like it because when I'm when I'm hearing it, I mean you're you're the musician, but I almost heard the inverse of the Imperial March. Yes, it's almost like they took the Imperial March and was like, let's turn this into a hero theme. It's I, like I totally agree with that, and I absolutely adore like the fact that now that the sequel trilogy has been, you know, what was it, 2016 or 15, so, December, yeah. 2015. So we're talking seven years away. Now I'm getting this feel when I hear that music, when I hear how those chords, that pulsating rhythm work, that it feels like it's getting its own separate identity while, while yet, you know, contributing to the saga. Uh, and I, and I, and I love that that theme has, you know, interwoven between all three movies. And I always think of Poe Dameron. I think it's like, and I know it's almost like a, a pseudo Poe theme, you know, cause he's always the one flying that X-Wing or running around, or running around. So, um, but it's also what's called, I, I can't really play it because I didn't get to that part in the music and, it's, and I haven't practiced it. But it's also what they call a fugue, where you have this like. And then you interweave, you know, interweave that melody with another, with the same melody, but like, and it's starting at a different time and in a different key, you know, and it's, and it's really complex. It's a Johann Sebastian Bach uh, trope that uh, is very hard to do. 
So uh, the March of the Resistance, and again, made popular first in The Force Awakens. So mm -hmm. that's really cool. All right, we're going to switch gears now and to go to... Now, I want to talk about one other thing. Now, this is something that is not very much popular in movie soundtracks. And I think, you know, when I was younger and I listened to the John Williams soundtracks, I was really, I was loving it. I thought it was fantastic. But I tried liking other ones too. I tried listening to certain ones and I could get into some, but not others. You know, I liked, I liked Star Trek, the motion picture. I liked that soundtrack. I didn't love, um, you know, some of the, you know, certain other ones. And I couldn't figure out why. And I think it finally occurred to me is that what John Williams did, and Jerry Goldsmith did this as well, Alan Silvestri did it from time to time with um, Back to the Future, is that in addition to creating, when, when you put a movie soundtrack out, right, just the, just the orchestral score, and you release an album, you're pretty much just releasing these, these, these clips are just, of, you know, they have a start time and an end time, and they're just segments that were meant to accompany the music. They put little cute little titles in with them for the album, but basically, you know, it might... The, the title in when you first did it would be like, you know, theme one dash four, you know, for scene one, section four, scene one, section five. And that's how you, you know, they label them like that. They don't put fancy names on. And then they end up putting those, giving some type of name, of, you know, kind of describing what's going on in the scene. And that's the title. Well, what John Williams did and was very known for doing, particularly in the original trilogy, is... Um, create what's called a concertized version of this, of the music. So we just played March of the Resistance, right? And I played Across the Stars before that. These pieces, the themes existed all the way through the films, but kind of piecemeal. You'd hear part of it here, then you hear part of it there. Then it would mix in with another theme and it'd be all there. But in addition to that, he would place a concert version that had much that the form of a piece at a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he would place that in the piece. It wasn't her in the movie, it's just in the album, but it gives you like that nice essence of that thematic music in a really nice, neat little package. And again, March of the Resistance was a was a um, sequel or sequel trilogy version of that. Uh, Across the Stars was a prequel trilogy version of that. But he went to town with it with um, the original trilogy. He did that a lot. So one of the ones he did was this one from Empire Strikes Back, and it's many call it the love theme. It's Han Solo and the Princess. such a cool idea to have a theme that connects two characters together mm. and he does it musically too because um, I didn't put this one on my list because I'm going to include it here um, and that is that when you think about that first interval it's called it's a major six six notes right and then when you think about Han Solo and the Princess. Right? You've got that very famous theme. Okay? Uh, and, and, 
and, and I don't want to ever belittle that. That is an amazing yeah. theme. But I wanted to tie it in here, all right, because it's almost the same theme. Except the first one is a little bit more hopeful. All right, and the second one, the Han and the Prince, is, is a little bit more, I don't want to say tragic, but it's a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. Like their relationship is complicated. Okay, and that's that's a really cool interpretation of that. And it was, you know, one of my favorite things about the sequel trilogy was the, re, re, the revisiting of, of these themes. It just, that's when my, that's when my, that's when I cried. Like I cry. I mean, I mean, I was so happy to see Harrison Ford on stage, um, to see Carrie Fisher come back out as Princess Leia, to see Luke, to see Mark Hamill. But when their themes accompanied them, that's when my that's when I lost it. Oh yeah. And that ties into my next one, which um, is another uh, um, you know original trilogy one that they brought back. And and a funny story about this one. I think I mentioned this too. Uh, this, it's Luke and Leia. Okay. sits down with Leia and I started hearing that I was gone I was bawling uh -huh. and, and it was funny because um, we went with we went to see the movie with friends of ours and um, my 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 the, it's, it's we we're we we're husband and wife my wife and I and another husband and wife and the wife who's you know is, is also a music enthusiast not a you know not a not a well actually she's a she was an opera singer but uh, now she teaches another subject. But she, she and I both kind of went, <gasps> like at the same time we were like, look at Lansing. So anyway, um, and and John Williams tells a story that he wrote this beautiful, soaring, romantic piece mm -hmm. for the two lovers of that he found out later were brother and sister. <laughs> Even John Williams was thinking went the wrong way in his head. <sighs> What are you gonna do, right? So, all right. So we are about halfway. Okay. Yep. Um, so let's continue on. Okay. This one, lesser known. All right. This one, we're gonna take. But and I think part of the reason it's lesser known is because it's newest, and we haven't had the ability in our lives to do enough rewatch. But we want rewatching of movies like The Rise of Skywalker, even though. We have access to it. We also are all adults, and many of us are working, 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 working. So it's hard. But Rise of Skywalker didn't really bring in a lot of new stuff. Right. It 
it essentially revisited a lot of themes from the from the from the sequel trilogy. It revisited some themes from the prequel trilogy, and and, and it brought back a ton of themes from the original. So it didn't need anything new, but it did have this nice little um, kind of I I kind of call it a the Rise of Skywalker theme, but I almost call it like a, a family theme. And that's this one. I don't know if you'll recognize it. Yeah, it sounded familiar. I, I I can't place it in the movie, but it did sound familiar. It's it's associated mostly with when they're together. You know, when Ray, Finn, and Poe get together, like when they're all getting together and they're going to go on the mission. I think you hear it there. You hear it a lot at the end. Um, you know, there's a lot of older themes that they kind of bring in, but it kind of ends with them on this theme when they're all hugging and, and at the very end when they're on the forest thing. So I mean, it's a beautiful theme and. And there is a nice track on uh, the soundtrack that just kind of gives, again, I don't know if it's a concert. I think it is a concertized version. So, you know, John Williams still doing that. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I just love that theme. And I love that he just keeps coming up with new ideas to add to this, you know, and, and still revisit and develop old ideas, you know. So then we got this one, which is um, from Revenge of the Sith, you know, and it's like... Just some really, really cool stuff, which we did hear a little bit of on that. You're right on that Obi-Wan trailer. So, you know, harking and hinting to um, something. But I do want to point one thing. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just amazing. What the, you know, they brought John Williams back. I don't think John Williams wrote anything special for the trailer. Right. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think so. He generally doesn't do that. <clears throat> I do think he did it for... The very first teaser for Force Awakens. I think he did that. 
but I don't think he did it. And I could be even wrong about that, but I, he doesn't typically write trailers. Instead, they bring in, you know, other trailer writers that utilize the themes and, and come up with that. Not that that should, you know, devalue what was done. I just think that it should be known. And I don't know <clears throat> if he's going to be scoring the whole thing. I think he's going to score the theme, which is really fine. I mean, it's all he needs to score. Just like Ludwig Göransson, you know, did the Boba Fett theme, but it was another writer that wrote all the music for it. So right. it's just fine. You know, that's, that's okay. So yeah, Battle of the Heroes. That's a, a, a great um, prequel a throwback, right? Let's move around to number five. We're going to go with the wise old Jedi Master himself. Okay. appearance of Yoda. You remember that, right? It was very kind of childlike and playful. And that's what he was going for. He was going for this kind of um, almost him-like, but in a child's, from a child's perspective kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I definitely think he achieved with that. And I will say that I feel that editors, and maybe even John Williams himself, have tr are been trying to stretch that theme to be more than just Yoda's theme. And I will tell you, one, there was a moment, and I think we've talked about it, in episode two, there was an action sequence where um, Anakin and Padme are in the droid factory. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that whole scene was added later. And it was a last minute addition or semi last minute addition by George Lucas. And they I don't believe John Williams scored it. So they ended up utilizing the music that you hear later when Yoda is fighting Darth or Darth du or I'm sorry Count Dooku, and then Count Dooku escapes and he's holding the the big piece of of rubble yeah. so he doesn't fall on the, on, on Anakin and Obi Wan. They used that music earlier, and it's Yoda's theme, and I, I that took me out of the movie. That was my one I think in nine movies that was the one thing that I was I was borderline angry about. I was like, why would there be Yoda's theme when Anakin is just sitting there fighting battle droids and Geonosians? Why would that exist? <laughs> you know, I've, I've since come to terms with it, but it was, it was, it was an editing decision. And I think whoever made that call to put that music in, they needed something. I just wish they would have picked something else, but you know, yeah. and then, uh, I do hear it again in, um, Rise of Skywalker at the end. They're all when when they're all on the planet hugging each other, they use it. And I I that was a conscious decision by by John Williams to put that in. So I'm not sure if he's just trying to make it extend beyond Yoda's theme to be a more like a theme related to family or to love. I don't know. But whatever. So 
All right, you doing all right here? My timing okay? I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only up about forty minutes. Awesome, awesome. All right, I can knock off the next few. All right, so moving on, we have we're gonna hit back on Force Awakens to um, a very, very uh, well used theme that again finds itself through with the three movies, and that is Ray's theme. It was like at the beginning of episode seven when you didn't think John Williams could do anything new. He puts this whole other beautiful theme. And it's funny, again, in interviews with John Williams, I think he's a little smitten with Daisy Ridley. So I think he... <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I, I'm not saying that I, I could blame him, but... No, I don't think it's anything creepy. I think it's no, just... No, no, no. But I thought there was a great scene in some one of the making ofs where he actually took the Ray's theme music that he wrote. And by the way, John Williams still writes by hand. You know, he hands it over to orchestrators to put it up in finale. I'll take that job, dream job, to you know, put to copy a copyist and copy all of his music onto finale. I'll take that. <laughs> but he took the original Ray's theme, signed it. Wrote a little personal note to Daisy and gave it to, and framed it and gave it to her. And I'm like, now that is something to be kind of cool to put on your wall. So, wow. Um, so yes, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. So anyway, um, yeah. So you know, we're as you can see, there's no shortage here, guys. And I know I'm I'm I'm, t I'm missing some, and I should observe some people that that I don't know if anybody's left comments, but if anybody does, I apologize if I've. Uh, Offended anybody by missing anything out? I don't intend, oh, you know. But we got to talk about. Speaking of, of, of the Obi Wan trailer, you came across a certain theme that you said was a big effect on many, many people. So I think it's time for my number four, three actually, my number three. <laughs> So much repetitiveness, yeah. okay, and yet give it so much drama. Oh, I mean, it's, it's all done with this this pulsating thing and this driving. 
pulse that yeah. that is underneath the this coral thing, which is not something that you know we hadn't heard John Williams. Yeah, that was one thing. Like you don't hear that. That was something like that was what made Duel of Fates so unique for me and so iconic. Was hearing that that coral part to it. Yes, the, and uh, you've never heard anything like with you know I don't want to say vocals, but basically vocal vocalizing in. Um, the only, yeah. No, only thing we got was there was the Emperor's theme, which was just that low men's singing and a little bit growing in from there when Luke and Vader were fighting. But beyond that, no, you didn't get anything. And it was very subtle. It wasn't forward like this. It wasn't like in yeah. your face. And and this this just you know, and it wasn't very you know, they say it's very repetitious, you know. But if you listen to it, there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's like strings. There's all these different things going on. So, um, you know, listen to it. You'll really hear it grow and, and expand. So that was um, a fun thing to have. And, yeah, it is great. I mean, even I mean, even people that hated on the prequels back when it first came out and were very critical of it, very few people were very critical of that Saber Duel. Oh. Very few people were very critical of Duel of the Face. I think a lot of people were really into that. They just wish that the whole movie could be that, which, yeah. you know, I guess I can understand that criticism, but I liked the movie as it was. Um, all right. So number two. Move down to my top two. Okay. okay. Well, I feel this one is somewhat obligatory, but it is also just so epic, epic and that is... has been utilized in very subtle references all the way up through until um, until the uh, Rise of Skywalker. So fantastic that uh, it's such a cool march. Um, I love how in Solo they used it as an, in a, they kind of set it up. I don't know if you heard it in the background when you, you're watching, yeah. the, when you're watching the recruitment video. And I think they had a little bit of this in Rebels too. And it was like a major key version of it. I can't even do it. It's so it's so bizarre. It almost almost set it up as as like the the national anthem of the Empire. Yes. The Imperial anthem. Yes. Like this is the Yeah. But that version is more happy and then but the real version is more evil. So it's kinda <laughs> funny. So before we get to our number one, how many oh plenty of time. Before we get to our number one, how about a few honorable mentions? Because okay. there are some I feel like I got to mention. Okay. We're going to talk about um, very briefly. I, I do want to mention, I didn't really have any that were in, that were unique to The Last Jedi. I had themes like Ray's theme and, for, and uh, uh, March of the Resistance that we revisited. Um, John Williams used a lot of return themes. There were some, okay, that were used, some new ideas. The one that stuck out to me was a, a very simple little ditty that is, it's called Fun with Finn and Rose. 
And it's essentially when they're in Canto Bight, you hear a lot of it there. You hear it a lot. There's, there's a, a real upbeat, galloping, fadier theme, and you kind of hear it woven into that. So that's pretty cool. Um, I just love that theme. Another one, uh, you know, these honorable mentions, just kind of the way I'm doing it, they're just, I'm just, they're really my, my top 15 or whatever they are. But uh, another one would be um, the original, what I call the original Imperial theme, or maybe the original Darth Vader theme. I don't know. See if you remember, do you remember, do you remember this one? And they actually brought it back a little bit in Rogue One, and they brought it back in Solo. So I thought that was pretty nice of uh, those guys to do that. It was definitely something you'd hear on the Death Star in the first. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, we got it. We can't, we, we can't leave out the diegetic music. Candina Band 2, which is a... It's just this cute little, like, almost like a swing band version or something. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. They, only, they always like, joke on, play the same song! <laughs> But they played two songs. They played two. <laughs> what else we got? All right, got him talk. Um, you know, they brought him back for solo to write a Han Solo theme. contributed to the you know a new theme for Han Solo. Hopefully we'll hear it again in the future in some format or another. And um, then of course we have this one. Galaxy's Edge. You know, there's a theme that was written by John Williams. Um, so that's pretty cool. And uh, I guess that's pretty much all my honorable mentions. So we have to, we'll end this with my number one. Can you guess what my number one is? I don't I mean, know. All the themes we've heard, but we've really only, we've missed one, pretty much just one that has existed throughout. Luke's theme? Well, it has many names. 
Okay. One, one might call it Luke's theme. One might call it the Force theme. Mm. Uh, I think the title in this book is um, the, "May the Force Be With You." accompanying young Anakin too. So I think mm-hmm. something that attaches itself to more than one thing. And it's a beautiful thing for that to oh, have. Yeah. And it just but I mean I'll never forget that first real presentation of it where the binary sunset. You know, yes. And with the hair flowing, you know. But um one of the things that I I, I, I got uh, in 1993 they released a four disc I think it was a four disc, but no, more than that. Uh, it was a it was an original trilogy box set, and it included mm-hmm. from all three films. But then it had this fourth disc filled with uh, deleted music and alternate takes and things. And one of them was Binary Sunset Alternate. And what's interesting is that you can actually play it if you set up, you know. Start the watch the movie when Luke is having you know drinking his blue milk with Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, and is having his uh, his conversation about it's a whole other year, and then he says that's what you know she says that's only one more season, and then when he gets up you hear you start hearing music. If you play, you just turn the volume off of the of the movie and play the alternate tape, you get an idea of what music was going to be there. It swells at the same areas, you know you can understand exactly what John Williams is going for. The thing is. It's not a theme. It's just kind of like this ambient music that doesn't really have anything to connect to. And I just can't, you know, it's amazing to see that and to see and to hear, you know, an alternate idea. Thank heavens he did, did, George Lucas didn't want to go that way because, I mean, that became such an iconic thing. That that was probably one of his most iconic things. That's why I made it number one. And some people would probably want to put the main theme as number one, but... Are there any themes that I missed that you want to? Uh, I, think I, I can probably play them if you if you. Now I now I, I if I remember correctly, it's very similar to the Imperial March, but it was the the five hundred first March on to. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, that was the, march, the march on the temple. 
Yes, I know what you're talking about, but it, I can't like, exactly. well, there's there is the one. I don't know if that's the one, but there's um, hang on. Dun, 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 I've seen, yeah. I've seen the videos of it. The yeah. music that they used was, it was a John Williams, there were John Williams like thematic ideas, but they were um, written by somebody else. That they, they, they took these little ideas that you heard in the film, kind of these little stabs, and it was just, and they just put it with this like, zoom, 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 zoom. almost like, almost Indiana Jones-like. It's very just like that kind of real pulsating march yeah. and everything to it. Oh, it was so epic. And it was such a simple thing. They just marched up the street and marched back. Phasma had a few lines, but it was so intense. It was, a, and we never, not, we never missed it. Like when we were there, we're like, wait, March of the First Order. We gotta go. We gotta go watch them walk. <laughs> <laughs> but the power of Don Williams' well, music, that really pulsated. Well, even, even my daughter now, we've, uh, we've been going through watching the star. We just finished the prequels. Uh, okay. Sunday, we finished episode three, but she'll occasionally, she'll, She'll start going the the imperial march, and she knows what it is. She she go dun 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 dun. I was yes. like, she's like, it's Vader. I was like, yeah, that's Vader, girl. That's what you do. That's what yeah. you do. So, so anyway, so the the you know the thematic stuff is there. I strongly urge people to go out and listen to his music. It's now you know, it's so easy to find. You can find it on Spotify, on YouTube, even. So you don't even have to spend money on it. Um, just, just go and listen to it and really break it down and listen to the stuff that he did. Uh, and, and try to find some alternate takes cause they're fun. They're fun to hear and, and things that were deleted. There was a lot of music in Empire Strikes Back that was ultimately taken out. And, and for years I listened to it, but they put it in the soundtrack. I was listening to it for decades before I realized, wait, it's not in the movie. It's only on the soundtrack. So, um, thank you for giving me this opportunity, not John. A problem, to, man. Not a problem. Uh, this was this fun. I don't think... I don't think I've smiled this much during a episode than just hearing the songs just put a huge smile. I don't know if you were playing the piano, but I, know, but you can, I just had a huge grin on my face during during so many, especially like Luke's theme. I just was smiling. And um, yeah, a lot of them, I was just like, uh, it made me feel like a kid again, which is what oh. Star Wars should do. It makes you feel. Yeah. Uh, but no, thank you for, for this and for sharing yeah. your talent. Oh well, uh, thank you. I mean, it's a as I said, my love for both have kind of a run. I've been running parallel my whole life, so it's always nice when I get a chance. I have had the opportunity with my orchestras at my school over the years. They John Williams has released some of these concertized versions, the exact versions that you hear on the albums, taken right from the movies. 
and he's released them to public, you know, to purchase for public use. And we've, we, our orchestras have played Ray's theme. We played the main title. We played, um, Darth, uh, Imperial March, Yoda's theme, the throne room March, um, Princess Leia's theme, you know, so not, not to mention about a half a dozen other yeah. non-Star Wars, uh, John Williams pieces and they're expensive, but they're, they're so worth doing. And, um, and it's great for the kids because they get, the, you know, they feel really good about it. They're like, we don't, we're, we play, you know, because they hear it and they're like, man, we, we played the Star Wars that you hear in the movies. You know, they, they, they get very proud of that. So I try to do it every so often. So, but uh, it's nice that when, when my profession and my passion join, it's always, it's always nice. So, but thank you so much. No, no not a problem. Thank again. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, why don't you, as we wrap things up, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at? They can find me on uh, YouTube at Darth Tuba. Look for Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing Show. You can just type that in and it should come up. Uh, I've been doing um, recently some episodes about uh, my sideshow collection, sideshow action figure collection uh, retrospective, kind of bringing out the old figures and taking a look at them and kind of talking about them and reviewing them. And, and, you know, with new unboxings coming, and as I said, on this channel, the Halcyon has been booked for November, so I am anxiously awaiting and saving money <laughs> to pay for it. I understand that. I understand I that. Get, yeah. I did get a little tax refund, so that helps. So that'll, okay. that'll, that'll go towards it. But uh, it's I'm very excited about it, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I look forward to being able to share that with you and to share that with... Uh, on the channel. Uh, you can reach me, you can find me on, on Instagram and Twitter at DarthTuba, DarthTuba Star Wars Unboxing page on Facebook, and email me DarthTuba77 at gmail.com if you have any questions. All right. As for us right here, of course, you can email us. Right there is the email if you're watching this on uh, on our Facebook live stream or later on. It is warofthestars1 at gmail.com. You can also check that out as our Twitter handle at warofthestars1. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff there. And um, so, yeah, just check us out there. Of course, War of the Stars is a proud member of the Red 5 Network. www.red5network.com for information on all of the shows and podcasts. Check all of them out. They're all great shows. Um, yeah. Uh, also, if you want to support the show, uh, first of all, you can go to our merch store which is www.spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash war dash of dash the dash stars dash it's <laughs> a lot to say uh, lot. link is in link is in the twitter uh, on our twitter bio i believe it is also on our facebook group page i'm not sure if not i will put it on there uh or you can go directly to our patreon patreon.com forward slash war of the stars uh, that about does it for tonight for tonight and we'll be back next week with more Star Wars talk and as always remember this isn't just my Star Wars this isn't just your Star Wars this is our Star Wars until next time may the force be with you till the spires everyone <laughs>